So Nehemiah chapter 12 at verse 27 is God's holy word. At the dedication of the wall of Jerusalem, the Levites were sought out from where they lived and were brought to Jerusalem to celebrate joyfully the dedication with songs of thanksgiving and with the music of cymbals, harps, and lyres. The singers also were brought together from the region around Jerusalem, from the villages of the Netophathites, from Beth Gilgal, and from the area of Geba and Asmaveth. For the singers had built villages for themselves around Jerusalem. When the priests and Levites had purified themselves ceremonially, they purified the people, the gates and the wall. I had the leaders of Judah go up on top of the wall, I also assigned two large choirs to give thanks. One was to proceed on top of the wall to the right, toward the dung gate. Hoshea and half the leaders of Judah followed them, along with Azariah, Ezra, Meshullam, Judah, Benjamin, Shemaiah, Jeremiah, as well as some of the priests with trumpets, and also Zechariah, son of Jonathan, the son of Shemaiah, the son of Mataniah, the son of Micaiah, the son of Zakur, the son of Asaph, and his associates, Shemaiah, Azarel, Milalai, Gilalai, Ma'ai, Nathanel, Judah, and Hanani, with musical instruments prescribed by David, the man of God. Ezra the scribe led the procession. And at the fountain gate, they continued directly up the steps of the city of David on the ascent to the wall and passed above the house of David to the water gate on the east. The second choir proceeded in the opposite direction. I followed them on top of the wall, together with half the people, past the tower of the ovens of the broad wall and over the gate of Ephraim, the Jeshana gate, the fish gate, and the tower of Hananel, and the tower of the hundred, as far as the sheep gate. And at the gate of the guard they stopped. The two choirs that gave thanks then took their places in the house of God. So did I, together with half the officials, as well as the priests, Eliakim, Maaseah, Minanmin, Micaiah, Eloinai, Zechariah, Hananiah with their trumpets, and also Maaseah, Shemaiah, Eleazar, Uzi, Jehonahan, Malkijah, Elam, and Ezer. The choirs sang under the direction of Jezriah. And on that day, they offered great sacrifices, rejoicing because God had given them great joy. The women and children also rejoiced, and the sound of rejoicing in Jerusalem could be heard far away. The grass withers, the flowers fall, but the word of our God stands forever. Amen. Well, beloved, as we come to this part of the book of Nehemiah in chapter 12, The very first word in verse 27 is the Hebrew word for dedication. To dedicate or to consecrate someone or something. And even in the Hebrew, this is a word familiar to most of us, even if we don't know Hebrew, if we don't speak Hebrew. Because the word is Hanukkah. Hanukkah. And you've, you've all, I'm sure, heard that word. We know that word because the Jews still celebrate this holiday every year sometime in December. 
It's a celebration of the rededication of the temple in 164 BC after the attacks of the Greek king Antiochus Epiphanes, who profaned the temple in that time. That dedication, that rededication of the temple, was made a yearly observance by the Jews, and it's made reference to in John 10, verse 22, at the feast of the dedication in wintertime. It says Jesus was there with the crowds. This word Hanukkah, or dedication, is used on several occasions in the Bible. In Numbers 7, it was used of the dedication of the tabernacle and the altar. In 1 Kings 8, the dedication of the temple under Solomon is the subject. And here in our, in our passage this afternoon, in the days of Nehemiah, the city walls and all that they contained were again dedicated. Number seven helpfully, I think, uses other words as it speaks of Hanukkah being dedicated when it speaks of being anointed and being sanctified or made holy, set apart. And you can see how that theme of being set apart relates so well with being dedicated. Nehemiah 12 then gives us the details of that great day of dedication. There are choirs and instruments and a grand procession. But boys and girls, did you listen very carefully? It's a very special kind of procession. We would call it a parade. Uh, but it, it's a different kind of parade, isn't it? Because this just isn't one group going in one direction. On that day, there were two groups. The, the officials, the priests, and the guys were separate, and uh, the people were separate. And there are two groups that start the same place, and then go in different directions around the city wall until they meet again at another place. One goes clockwise, the other counterclockwise, going around the whole city wall. Well, when we hear about going around the city wall, doesn't it bring back to mind Nehemiah's earlier trip around the city? that we looked at earlier in Nehemiah, when uh, on that occasion, what did Nehemiah see? Things were broken down. He speaks of destruction and ruins and the trouble that that meant for the people of God. But what a difference now. What a difference. Uh, next time, Lord willing, as we continue to look at Nehemiah, I want to look particularly at the finished work, and the effect that it had on the people, because that's so explicit in this chapter. But for this afternoon, we want to just consider this occasion of dedication. Dedication. Hanukkah. The dedication under Solomon of the temple, and now here the dedication again after the exile in Babylon and the destruction of the city and the walls, the dedication now here under Nehemiah has two main aspects to the dedication. There is a looking back, and there is a looking ahead, looking forward. But in both, 
there is always and especially a looking to God. A looking to God. Well, first, there's a looking back on occasions of dedication. Remember, Nehemiah had seen the walls in ruin, but now parades can be held on top of the finished walls. And what did the people know very clearly? What did Ezra and Nehemiah know without a doubt? God had done it. God had done it. It was his mercy and his grace, his protection, his wisdom, his perseverance that was given to those who led the work and those who worked. They did the work and they worked hard. We've seen that. But it was God at work in them and through them and for them to come to this day of dedication. Beloved, it's always the grace of God when we look back on our lives and anything has been accomplished for good. It's always the grace of God. And especially in the work of the church and the things of God. Think of what Paul said in 1 Corinthians 15.10. By the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace to me was not without effect. No, I worked harder than all of them. You see, because of God's grace doesn't mean that we don't do anything. In fact, it is the great motivation to labor, to work hard. And Paul says that. I worked harder than all of them. And he comes, he has to circle back so that people don't make any mistake about what he's saying. Yet not I, but the grace of God that was with me. It's the grace of God. We shouldn't look back on anything that we've done and just pat ourselves on the back. Anything. It's the grace of God. The grace of God is the alpha and the omega of blessing and accomplishment in our lives and in the work in the church. We can see that focus on God as, as the two parades, the two, two processions end up at the same place. Where do they end up? Verse 40, the two choirs that gave thanks then took their places in the house of God. And so did I, together with half the officials. Verse 43, sacrifices are offered. And there's a, there's a descriptive word, great sacrifices were offered. Many sacrifices, because they knew that God had done the work. And it was all the mercy of God to which they owed this accomplishment. It's God's mercy. And they look back on God's mercy at this time of dedication. It's always grace and it's always mercy in the church, in our lives. Children, I wonder, as you hear about these people marching around the city walls, on top of the walls, do you remember another time when people marched around a city's walls? Can you think of another time when people marched around some walls? Jericho. And what happened when there was a, a, a parade around those walls? They fell down. It was God's judgment. The city and all that is in it, it says in Joshua six seventeen, are to be devoted to the Lord. Only Rahab the prostitute and all who are with her in her house shall be spared because she hid the spies 
that we sent. The New King James Version says, Now the city shall be doomed by the Lord to destruction. The New American Standard has different language. The city shall be under the ban. It and all that is in it belongs to the Lord. Jericho was devoted to the Lord, dedicated to the Lord. Not Hanukkah, but Cherem. It's a different word. Devoted to destruction, to be destroyed utterly. Both judgment and mercy belong to the Lord. Everything and everyone ultimately answers to him and is set apart by him. In sin, all that we have, we don't deserve. We don't even deserve our own lives. But God is merciful in Christ, in the sacrifice, to save and bless his people, to build up our walls and not tear them down. God at work in Christ. The Jesus who dedicated himself to God. Psalm 40, here I am, I have come. It is written about me in the scroll. And Jesus himself in John 6, 38, for I have come down from heaven not to do my will, but to do the will of him who sent me. Jesus was fully dedicated. We deserve to be devoted to destruction. Jesus comes, the righteous one, and devotes himself to God. But what did that mean for him? To be devoted or dedicated to destruction. On the cross. Set apart for destruction, but as the sinless one, it was the great work of salvation because he did it as a substitute in the place of his people. So that instead of being devoted to destruction in Jesus Christ, we are devoted and dedicated to God. Zion said, the Lord has forsaken me, the Lord has forgotten me. Can a mother forget the baby at her breast and have no compassion on the child she has born? Though she may forget, I will not forget you. See, I have engraved you on the palms of my hands and your walls are ever before me. Nehemiah and the people dedicated the city to God as a token of his mercy and grace toward them. They looked back, and so should we. But they also looked ahead. The city, the temple, were dedicated to God for the continued worship of God, the ministry of God to the people, and the witness of God to the world. They were the city on the hill which cannot be hidden. And so they looked ahead as well. A dedication isn't the end of something that you close up shop. You dedicate something to to move on with the work. And in light of both looking back and looking ahead, as they dedicated the wall to God and all that it contained, the people themselves must be dedicated to God. When the priests and the Levites had purified themselves, ceremonially, they purified the people 
and the gates and the walls. It's not just about things. It's about people. You know, all of these thoughts can be seen in Solomon's words in 1 Kings 8. He prays that great prayer of dedication, which is is worth to go back and, and read again, maybe tonight, before you go to bed. It's an amazingly wonderful prayer. But after that prayer, he blessed the people with these words. And listen to the things that we've already been considering. Praise be to the Lord who has given rest. See, it's a look back. Has given rest to his people Israel, just as he promised. Not one word has failed of all the good promises he gave through his servant Moses. May the Lord our God be with us as he was with our ancestors. May he never leave us nor forsake us. May he turn our hearts to him, to walk in obedience to him, and keep his commands and decrees and laws he gave our ancestors. That's personal dedication. And may these words of mine, which I have prayed before the Lord, be near to the Lord our God day and night, that he may uphold the cause of his servant and the cause of his people Israel according to each day's need so that all the peoples of the earth may know. See, it's a looking ahead to the ministry. So that all the peoples of the earth may know that the Lord is God and that there is no other. And may your hearts be fully committed to the Lord our God, to live by his decrees and obey his commands as at this time. 1 Kings 8, 56-61. May your hearts be fully committed to the Lord. Well, it's just to think then this afternoon about being dedicated, about dedicating things and dedicating ourselves to the Lord. As we've heard of this great occasion, this great day of dedication in Nehemiah 12, we're renovating the building. One day it will be completed enough for us to use that building. Lord willing, we pray. And there will be, and it's not wrong to do it, some sort of dedication, I'm sure. It's not wrong to dedicate a building to the work of God, the ministry of God. We don't do it in a superstitious way. I read some things, Bellarmine, the the Reformation Catholic theologian, laid out eight steps that had to be done whenever a building was dedicated. He had to have 12 crosses in certain places and then different things, at those, all sorts of things. No, we dedicate by the, the means of grace, word and prayer. We dedicate a building. And that's good and right in its place. We should dedicate our families. We see that. We see that in Scripture as well. That precedent, Joshua 24, 14, 15, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. We dedicate our families, our houses to the, to the Lord. But it has to come down to us personally as well, personally. You know, I was thinking about it. If it doesn't come personally, then I think in a lot of cases, if we're not personally dedicated to the Lord, 
I doubt very much whether anything that we possess will be dedicated to the Lord. But it's more subtle than that. Because people can dedicate things to the Lord in their life and not be dedicated themselves. The Pharisees did that. This is Corban, it's dedicated. They knew about dedicating things for a show, but they themselves were dedicated. You see, this is the thing. With, with what Solomon said, what we're reading about in Nehemiah 12, the dedication of a wall and a city and a temple, as we think maybe of a dedication of a building, am I dedicated? Am I dedicated? Are you a dedicated person, a dedicated Christian? People can be dedicated in all kinds of ways. You probably know some dedicated people. You just look at your li- their lives and you say, wow, she's dedicated or he's dedicated. The word just means to be devoted to a task or a purpose, having single-minded loyalty or integrity. Dedicated. I read about a man in 2015, a man in India, who is practicing to break the Guinness World Record for taking the most selfies in an hour. Haider Abdi Banu Prakash Raka takes selfies so seriously that he just quit his job in order to practice more. Banu knows practice makes perfect. The former research assistant has been working hard, doing hand and wrist exercises. He's trying to match the previous record of taking 1,449 selfies in an hour. Banu said he's already managed to take 1,700 in an hour, but he wants to get up to 1,800. There's a life dedicated, so dedicated. To what? Himself. Dedicated to himself. But has God saved you? Has God saved you so that you know you're not your own? You were bought with a price? Are you dedicated to the God who has saved you? We must be dedicated to God based on past mercy. Therefore, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. In view of God's past mercies, we should be dedicated Christians. And we should dedicate ourselves in living the Christian life. In a large house, there are articles not only of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay. Some are for special purposes, some for common use. Those who cleanse themselves from the latter will be instruments for special purposes, made holy, useful to the master, prepared to do any good work. Dedicated to the Lord. Joseph was dedicated to God. That's why he ran away from Potiphar's wife. We need to be dedicated for the work of the church. You are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, 
a holy nation. You've been set apart, dedicated, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. You're the salt of the earth, but if salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It's no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. Town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. We look back to God's mercy in our lives, and we, we say, by God's grace, I'm dedicated to this God and to this Savior. We look ahead to the ministry of the church. We say, I'm dedicated to God. We think of our own lives and personal holiness. We say, I'm dedicated to God. And then, of course, there's a call to dedicate all that we have to God. Zechariah 14.20, On that day, holy to the Lord will be inscribed on the bells of the horses, and on the cooking pots in the Lord's house uh, will be like the sacred bowls in front of the altar. Every pot in Jerusalem and Judah will be holy to the Lord Almighty. And all who come to sacrifice will take some of the pots and cook in them. And on that day, there will no longer be any Canaanite in the house of the Lord Almighty. Holy to the Lord, written on everything. Pots and pans. Everything in our lives. Dedicated to God. And that's the way it is, isn't it? Or should be for Christians. What do we have that we haven't received? It's ours in a way, and there is a thing, a a reality of private property, otherwise there couldn't be a commandment, you shall not steal. But even things that we have, that are ours, we have as stewards. And they are to be used for God, dedicated to the work of God, the praise and glory of God. Pots and pans. Our houses are to be places that we've dedicated to God for the work of the church and the ministry. Whether we're ordained or not, everything that we have is dedicated. All of our possessions, your phones and your computers, dedicated to the Lord, holy to the Lord. What a different way to think about things. Is my phone and my use of it, can I say that really, dedicated to the Lord? There's a great call for us here, a great reminder of God's mercy to us and a great call for us and a great occasion for self-examination. Am I a dedicated Christian? Does my life really show, if someone were to look at it, to say, That's a dedicated Christian. You can just see it so clearly in their life. They're dedicated to their Savior. Every Christian and every day in a Christian's life should be a Christian Hanukkah. Dedicated. So that whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, you do it all for the glory of God.